1: One game, an NBA Finals seventh game. One game, the difference between basketball immortality and crushing disappointment. One game, a chance to become a legend, a hero, a champion. What motivates me now more than ever is winning another championship. It's going to take heart. It's going to take an uncanny amount of energy and strength. To win a championship, it was one of the most emotional times of my life because that's what I play for. One game, a chance for a legacy to grow. One final game. A season-long journey draws to a close. Top of the world! Top of the world!
0: All right, we are back, and we have... um, We have our game number 12 on our list is the Washington bullets against the Seattle Sonics from 1978. Uh, The bullets winning one Oh five to 99. This was the first of two straight years that these two teams uh, played in the finals and they, uh, they split it. The bullets. In fact, uh, this was their first and only title, but they also went to the finals in 71, 75 and 79. Wes Unseld being on all of those teams and Unseld and, um, and, um, Elvin Hayes being on the 75 and 79 teams as well. So, uh, oddly the bullets were only 44 and 38 this season. And they had a point eight two SRS, which is, I, I imagine it would be <laughs> one nine. of the worst for, uh, if not the worst for an NBA champion. And usually you have, I mean, you have at least three or four SRS. I mean, even in the seventies where there was a lot of parody, this was you know, yeah. pretty unusual. And, um, the uh, the Sonics as well. They were weird. They started fifteen or excuse me, five and seventeen, and then they finished forty two and eighteen once Lenny Wilkins was uh, hired. So, uh, kind of a strange uh, two teams to be making the finals, but you know it worked out pretty well. They had a they had a pretty classic seven games to nice game seven.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's we we always, you know, for fans of this podcast, we talk a lot about the 70s and, and how much fun it was for for an NBA standpoint, because, as you said, the parody was incredible. There were so many different champions, so many different teams in the finals. Like, you know, we're not always talking about the Celtics and the Lakers, you know, in this. I mean, they, they had their presence felt to an extent, but at least you have these other little teams come in here and fun. And, and these are one of the these two teams are one of the ones that I always remember is, you know, obviously those bullets and those signs, you know, back to back finals. You, you know, teams. You mentioned like a guy like Lenny Wilkins. You mentioned a guy like Wes Unseld or whatever. I mean, those are really the guys that you know in a league with a lot of parity. These were you know some constants were were these two guys and it, or, or these two teams rather. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one. And yeah, the the, the way that they kind of got there is is unique as well. I mean that that, Bullets team not being good and, and we, we should have done it. And I. I not kicking myself for not looking at the SRS of, of you know all these teams. I gotta imagine that's the lowest. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if there was anybody lower. I'm trying to think, you know, without looking at the data right now, of who would be lower. But I mean, you, you look at a sub one. You know, simple rating for for an NBA champion is is unique, but that was the '70s. Yeah, Uh, you know, especially the late '70s NBA. It was like, you know, just get to the playoffs, and then who the hell knows? Like, there's a a very solid chance. I mean, there's a lot of of those teams. You know, in the '70s, that seemed like unpredictable. You know, either finals appearances or unpredictable champions. So,
0: oh, it's it's funny. The the Sonics was actually only 1.48, and it was sixth out of the 22 teams in the league. So, yeah, that's just a. that's kind of a strange year. Now that was the year. Now Bill Walton got hurt that year. Um, that was the year that the the Blazers started fifty and ten, and then Walton got hurt, and right. so you know they were, um, you know, they probably would have come out of the West if that hadn't have happened. So um, he he came back to the playoffs, but he didn't play well, and and that was when. They had all the issues with, you know, him later saying they misdiagnosed his foot injury and were, you know, giving him, you know, there was lawsuits and he left and all that stuff. But um, all the stuff that's in the breaks of the game. But um, so, yeah, I mean, the uh, the Bullets had, you know, they'd already had Hayes and Unseld and Phil Chenier, of course, but they added Bobby Dandrich, who was, you know, great player for the uh, for the Bucks early 70s teams uh, to that to that team. Um, and the. Uh, Sonics had their star backcourt of Gus Williams and Dennis Johnson. They had, um, rookie Jack Sigma. They had for one season, they had Marvin Webster, the human racer, uh, veteran Paul Silas and downtrend Fred Brown. But for the most part, their key players were actually very young and they kind of disintegrated after the title team. They definitely would have been a great foil for the uh, Lakers, um, in the early eighties. If you know that, that kind of hadn't happened. Um, and, um, Webster he didn't really have necessarily like a great career, but this year he was really awesome, and in this playoff series he was pretty awesome too. Um, and he in this game he had twenty seven and nineteen. Um, uh, Sigma had uh, twenty one and eleven, and uh, but the Sonic guards really struggled. Uh, Dennis Johnson went over fourteen with four points. <laughs> That's strong. Yeah, and Williams That's... went four for twelve with twelve points. So, um, so not a great performance from um. Either one of those, uh, the bullets, uh, you know, they, they kind of had like a really balanced. of um, fifteen oh, yeah. and nine, and Hayes, Dandridge, Tom Henderson, Charles Johnson, and Mitch Cupjack all were in double figures, so they didn't really have one star there, but um, but had a lot of stars. And um, and Dick Mata in this series had a did something very special.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's that's old Dick Mata. He. Um... <laughs> He pop, yeah, yeah, he popularized that. Yeah, the opera isn't over until the fat lady sings. Yeah,
0: I, I guess it was. It was written. Uh, it's traced back to a, I, I think, a Washington sports writer, or maybe even it might have been a, a Chicago sports writer during the Bulls days uh, when because Dick Motta was the coach of the Bulls. I believe that's true, yeah. but, but I, I don't know for but, a fact. But, but I, I guess the, I've
1: always heard that as the as as the source. Yeah, but. I
0: guess this is when um, it sort of became a nationally known phrase. It, it, it's my understanding. So. That's,
1: that's my guy. I, Dick Mata is a great, yeah. guy. His suit in this great. game, his suit, oh, that, that's a, God, that's a wonderful so, leisure suit. That's, I mean, that's what he is in the Hall I, that Hall of Fame just based off his suits. Like, those are so great. The best part, uh, during the Bulls pregame, they always show, you know, classic footage or whatever. And they show, like, a, a Dick Mata. I mean, he's there, and it's like a checkerboard, like an orange checkerboard. It's just like an unbelievably ugly suit. And it's just like, yes. Like the perfect guy. it's got like a collar, and like it's just ridiculous. And I, I love Dick Mata so much, but yeah, this is the, uh, uh, you know, the popular of the the opera is number till the fat least sings. But yeah, we don't know the exact – I always heard the Chicago story, but but I have no idea. I mean, it, it could have been you know anybody, but and, and who wouldn't clamor to say that they were the first to uh yeah. to break that news <laughs> to the world? But there
0: you go. so this, uh, Seattle had a decent sized lead, but the um they or excuse me, the Bullets had had a decent-sized lead, but the, the the Sonics were able to trim it down to four with 90 seconds left from 11 points. Uh, Kupchak came up with a three-point play, um, and then um, and then Freddie Brown, he um, hit a short jumper, and then Silas got a tip-in to cut it to 101-99. to 99. Silas then fouled unselled, Um He was a 55% shooter from the line uh, during the playoffs. He, he actually did hit two free throws, and then Washington was able to kind of seal it from there. There were some free throws from mm-hmm. there, and that was that was pretty much it. Cupcake K- got a really good um, offensive rebound uh, during the sequence at one point, so um, they really uh, you know played well. And the uh, the bullets were able to uh, win this um, t- to win this series on the uh, on the road. Um, they were one of the. I have on my notes third ever team to win uh, in the in year row, but but I think the the Celtics were the first against the Bucks, so I may maybe somewhere along the line maybe there's one that we're missing, but either way, um, it, it is a rare occurrence as we uh, have.
1: Yes, said, yeah, so. well, as we'll get as we we'll get deeper in this, yeah, you'll see that it, it not often that it has happened, so yeah, it was. You know, definitely a rare thing to happen, and and definitely, yeah, just a, a very interesting series. And and you know, we obviously get it the next year, not as exciting as this one, but yeah. but still an interesting series, an interesting look at at, at you know late seventies NBA where it's it's
0: unique i mean the washington bullets and the seattle supersonics were in yeah. you know back-to-back finals and, that, that's that's pretty cool and the bullets were actually a way better team the next year and then yeah, and right. they um but they lost the series the uh the sonics were were a better team too but not quite as much better you, you the bullets were, would have been heavily favored in that series um i guess they probably were heavily favored in that series but the bullets lost several times when they were heavily favored too so i don't know they were mm-hmm. they were a weird team but you know they made four finals yeah. and uh and won a championship in a decade. Yeah, I think a lot of teams will take that.
1: Yeah, not bad. Yeah, we don't really don't – um I, I really don't know if we think of them as, as, as really – I mean, not obviously I wouldn't call them a dynasty, but as a really, you know, a big part of the 70s. You know, I mentioned a little bit ago that, you know, they, they were one of the few constants, you know, yeah. in terms of the top of the NBA. But they don't really seem like we we, we talk about it that much yeah. or, or that we mention them that much. And it's
0: – it, it is, yeah. yeah. They had a, a great accomplishment yeah. in that t- decade. Right. I mean, I mean, un- Unseld's, you know, regard highly, uh, you know, for – Oh, free. yeah. Yeah, so – on to the next game? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Number eleven is the uh Los Angeles Lakers and Boston Celtics in uh 2010. The uh Lakers beat the Celtics 83 to uh 79. Um <laughs> so not the most exciting game, but hey. No, that's... yeah. Um and yeah,
1: this was that was that series. That that series was... <laughs> this was a good game seven. That was an ugly uh, series, yeah. It uh
0: was... yeah, it, yeah. I mean it was an ugly game seven, too, but it was it was close and tight and well. What will mm-hmm. perform. But um, yeah, this was the 12th time that the Celtics and Lakers had met in the NBA Finals, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah,
1: it's uh, a. <laughs> It's, it's 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 those teams man yeah it's not fair no it's not fair jason it's just yeah. not fair but yeah yeah it's an interesting one i mentioned kind of an ugly series this is the game six i saw the celtics uh lose you know 89 to 67 and and really the lakers in a lot of ways never looked back i mean this is a close game but but really after that you sort of felt the momentum changing in a lot of ways and it was it, it seemed like the lakers were you know definitely the team to be and there, there was issues too you know obviously kendrick perkins got hurt uh, a few other issues here and there but yeah that was um it was that game that I remember vividly of being like, ooh. Yeah. And and then, yeah, then this and, and, game and, and was, it was ugly as sin. But yeah. I really always kind of had an idea, you know, watching it because, you know, it's fresh in my mind or at least somewhat fresh in my mind, is that the Lakers a lot of time really controlled that game for the most part
0: yeah definitely um i mean gasol and bynum were really you know beasted during that game you know 13 yeah. offensive rebounds um granted you know perkins wasn't there it, it, it sounds because perkins kind of has a reputation as being like really a bad player like it's got kind of, it's funny to think of now but it, it actually made a difference He was a big deal for that team. yeah he was no, i mean huge deal. he was a good defender good rebounder you know he was important for that team and they had rasheed wallace but you know he was getting old um, you know, Garnett, that wasn't, you know, his strength. I mean, he, you know, he still, he he was a great player, obviously, and they did their best. But you know, there was just one, there's one highlight where Gasol just, you know, um he, he goes up and Rashid and, um, and Garnett and, and a third Celtic are all defending him. He just kind of, like, fights up and he, you know, he, he gets a lay-in in. And it just, it totally, like, destroys any, like, soft critique that anyone would have had of Paul Gasol. I mean, just it's like that is a, just a tough play to fight through those three guys to make that play. It was, you know, one of the one of the baskets toward the end of the game. And, um, you know, it it was some great stuff. I mean, it was able, you know, um, despite, you know, Kobe um, shooting, you know, he he was six of 24 during the game. You know, yeah, 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 did not have a good game. At no, well. you know, I mean, he he scored like twenty four points, I think, but um, he was able to get to the line at least. I mean, he he, yeah. he shot a lot of free throws, so he was able to do that. I mean, um, you know, um, run our test, you know, uh, played good defense and made some key plays and uh, made a couple three pointers. So, um, you know, they were able to. Um, uh, you know they were able to you know get some get some great stuff out of everybody and Kobe did just and I mean he also had 15 rebounds so you know he, yeah he yeah. played well in other areas but it was not, not like a good shooting night for him
1: yeah it's zero six from three as well so yeah and if you watch a lot of the video and remember the highlights of that there was a lot I mean they the Celtics it seemed their goal was hey let's let Bynum and Gasol beat us and not let you know Kobe because there was they're bringing double teams they were very much focusing on not letting you know, you know Kobe get in a lot of open looks which you know in retrospect I mean <laughs> when you don't have Perkins might not have been a Good idea to you know let Bynum and Gasol go nuts and 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 this was a series that I remember a lot of ways was and, and you mentioned Gasol was able to sort of shed. A lot of because he had that reputation for a while of being you know when he was in Memphis and you know a member of the Grizzlies or whatever of being a you know not a championship player you know a little saw you know this sort of stuff and he came here and absolutely just had a great great series and Bynum was coming into his own as well and people sort of forget what trajectory he was on you know you know largely after this finals and, and after these playoffs it was a guy that oh look this could be a really like a legitimately great player and and you know for a, a two three year span I mean this guy was all, nearly unstoppable and really people you know what he was 24 25 i think at that point so people were saying oh man you know a big man you know 25 years old finally getting together and then now that we know him he's sort of a caricature of himself uh that he was but yeah this is is a big period for 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 bynum gasol and the lakers it really sort of felt like oh man this is like a a huge dynasty in the making at least that's how i thought at the time with bynum just starting to get ready to go but didn't quite go that way unfortunately but uh (laughs) as things sometimes don't do but yeah uh, it, it was definitely an interesting game um Phil Jackson had a great quote, which I think kind of sums up these entire, uh, you know, this entire playoff series, and especially this Game Seven. Uh, he said, "Well, it's done. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't well done, but it was done, and we did it with perseverance." So, yeah, not, not much there. And uh, uh, Kobe, of course, um, after this game, in, in perfect Kobe fashion, says. Uh, quotes: I just got one more than Shaq. You can take that to the bank. You know who I am. I don't forget anything. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> priorities definitely set straight for Kobe Bryant after this game.
0: This was something that I had thought of. I, I was thinking of it earlier today. Do you think it's fair to count, like, the these titles as part of a Kobe Bryant, um, Phil Jackson Lakers dynasty? Because, because <sighs> yeah, I like I'm reluctant to think that It's a too, weird, yeah, but, it's a weird Jackson dynasty. But, yeah, yeah it's still, but, but, I mean, it's hard to ignore. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you think about, I mean, if you think, you know, because we link, you know, all the Tim Duncan years, and obviously the early part of the Tim Duncan stuff, you know, those teams are way different than the late teams. I oh, mean, yeah. the only player that they have in common are Duncan. At least Fisher is, uh, you know, on all the Lakers teams as well. And, you know, even the Celtics dynasty, I mean, it's, Bill Russell and Sam Jones. That's pretty much it for guys who were on all those teams. You know, there, there, you know, there were a number of guys who had, you know, obviously had multiple titles during that the time, but, um, you know, that whole, that whole cast rotated as well. So, I mean, I think you, I, I don't know what case I would make, but I think you can make a case that, you know, you can, you can kind of link the, you know, the, the two, you know, title teams, uh, multi-title teams into kind of one yeah. dynasty, you know? Um, I, you know, and I think a big part of, of of Kobe's success a lot of times is
1: you know Phil B. I mean that was really you know we talk about those you know we talked a little bit earlier about those you know the late two thousands Lakers teams and stuff and and there was a lot of just weird you know with Rudy Tomjanovich coaching and just a lot of they were a weird team they weren't they were you know not it just. Kobe was kind of off the rails. That was, you know, the years where he was just shooting like crazy, and then, you know, hey, you know, don't shoot as much, and then he wouldn't, you know. And it took a lot of Phil Jackson sort of reeling that in a lot of ways, and being that guy who could really speak to Kobe, and and especially when you look at the two big men too. I mean, yeah, you kind of have to do it, even though it is, you know, a remarkably different team. But yeah, like you said, it's not really. Then we, what do we do with the Duncan Popovich stuff? Yeah, I, I I would count it, but it's, it's unique. You don't necessarily think of this as a Phil Jackson team you know i i don't at least cuz i always right. think of him just running off you know three in a row that's how he does it he doesn't do you know a one off here but yeah. yeah
0: i mean i guess the difference in this you know in the 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 bryant lakers teams versus the other situations we talked about is that like you know, for, a, you know, two or three years, the the Lakers were nowhere near being a contender um, where, you know, in pretty much all those other cases, every exactly, every yeah. season, those teams were a contender to be the title or, or at least make the conference finals or whatever. You know, so um, I guess it's a little bit different, but I don't know. It, it's just an interesting thing to think about. So
1: absolutely. Well, well speaking of Phil Jackson, this was. um you know, in in ever the fill, he was uh, considering departing after the season that <laughs> he was going to leave the team. Uh, but then he returned for one last campaign in 2010 two thousand ten eleven. Did not go very well. They were swept out of the playoffs by the Mavericks and finished their season with Andrew Bynum shoving a uh, JJ Barea yeah. uh, and getting and, and setting the stage for what would kind of become the Andrew Bynum thing yeah. uh, for a while afterwards. And just like the symbolic ending of of whatever that Lakers thing was. But yeah, it, it's pretty funny. But yeah, Jackson, of course, always the uh, <laughs> always never really quite happy in his own place and never quite sure what he's doing. It's, it's, it's classic Phil Jackson, but he came back for one last campaign and, and didn't go well. Probably should have just left here, but that's all
0: right. Eh, That's okay. It'll happen. All right. Well, we're going to have to leave just for a little while. Oh no. We'll be back soon. We (laughs) we've got more shows coming on the uh, game sevens of the uh, NBA finals. So check us out and uh, we'll be back soon.